Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we are live and I am here with the amazing Ashley Little, CEO of Ashley Little Enterprises and so much more. Her resume is so long, it took me about a week to read it. This young lady has so much going on. She is an author. She is a CEO. She is a marketing consultant. She is just an everything to everybody when it comes to the marketing space. So Miss Little, welcome to a conversation with how are you? Hi, Floyd. Thank you so much for this amazing opportunity to grace your platform today. Well, I am so glad you're here. We had a couple of hiccups, but what's what's uh, media without a hiccup? But we we got it. We got it worked out. We got it worked out. What's up, everyone? Thank you so much for joining a conversation with a podcast for and about real independent filmmakers. There's absolutely nothing Hollywood about this podcast, and we're going to dive into what it takes to make a successful independent film on a shoestring budget. We all know how that is. So we're going to talk to some content creators. We're going to talk to some film festival curators. We're going to talk with screenwriters. We're going to talk with actors and actresses to get an insight on what it takes to make a successful independent film, what it takes to be a successful content creator. We're going to run the entire gamut of the real independent film industry. So we are so excited to have you with us. So sit back and enjoy a conversation with and I'm your host Floyd Marshall Jr. So we are going to dive right into this interview and first off again thank you so much for sharing a little bit of your Good Friday with me I am so happy and uh, my, I guess my first question is who is Ashley Little and how did you get started let's go back a couple of years to the young Ashley Little what made you want to be a, a marketing consultant, a, just a all-around phenomenon? Well, um, starting back at an early age, I was always involved. Of course, again, my name is Dr. Ashley Little. I was very involved, you know, at a, at a young age. And, of course, you know, continued to be involved throughout college and then went out, you know, into corporate America, worked my way up to executive-level positions. I'm an executive by day, three entrepreneur by night. So, yes, I mean, I'm in the... You know, PR marketing space. I'm a publisher. I own two successful publishing companies. So I love helping people. I share their amazing stories because there's power in storytelling. I'm an international speaker. I have my show, Creating Your Seat at the Table, my brand behind that, with interviewing amazing people throughout the world, such as yourself, Floyd, that are doing amazing things, that are building their own tables and really giving my audience amazing um, strategies on how to continue to uh, grow as an entrepreneur, right? Then I have my magazine. So all of it comes around with me, with my brand, is really serving and creating uh, opportunities for others, right? And creating doors and helping others build tables as well. So let's talk a little bit about your magazine. Okay. What was the initial reasoning for you coming up with that? Because I read it. It is absolutely amazing. And the people that you had featured in the magazine, I am not talking about myself, ladies and gentlemen, but I am talking about the other phenomenal interviewees that you had in, in that magazine w what made you come up with the concept that hey you know what I I'm going to start my own magazine what was the thought process behind that well I created my show first creating your seat at the table okay show of course that's a media platform itself and then I said okay I want to continue to expand it and grow right and continue to grow it and so I said okay I'm going to add my magazine now so not only am I interviewing amazing people internationally and nationally. Now I'm going to be highlighting them in my magazine as well. People that, I mean, people that people know and that people might not know about, right, that are really building their tables and creating their tables and sharing their tips and strategies, right, sharing their results, right? And I, I'm not being funny, but I like my people to have results, right, because I don't want any fluff in it. And so I have people that have real-life results that really can give my audience and readers amazing content that will really literally change their life. 
that will literally change your life. And so that's really how that came about. And I've been getting amazing reviews from it. I've had people on my front cover, such as Les Brown has endorsed it. Oh, no. Dr. George Frazier was on my inaugural one. He's endorsed it. I mean, I've had some amazing people that have endorsed the magazine and continuing to endorse it. Right. So it's been amazing. It's been an amazing journey. So let's talk a little bit about your show. Yeah. And again, I'm not talking about myself, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> But let's talk about your show. So how did how did you come up with that? So I'm big about, you know, creating your own opportunities, right? Mm -hmm. Building your own opportunities and not waiting for anybody to give you a space. And I and a couple years ago when I was think trying to think of a title for my media platform, I was like, creating your seat at the table. You know, that's what we need to be doing. Building our own tables and creating our own tables. A lot of people wait for people to give them a seat. No, build your own table. If you build it, they will come. If you build it, they will come. And then also on top of that, I also I always say this when I'm speaking on platforms that you can build your platform and you invite the people that you want to connect with. Everybody loves to be interviewed. I don't care who they are. You're, you know what? You're absolutely right. And that was one of the reasons that I actually started this podcast. One of the main reasons, because I'm a, I'm a big podcast listener. I mean, I'm very big on podcasts. I think 99% of the time that I'm in my car, that's what I'm listening to. So the one thing that I noticed listening to a lot of the podcasts, and they are absolutely amazing, don't get me wrong. But the one thing that I saw missing was people of color. And I, I just had a problem with that. Now, not throwing any shade at other podcast shows, but the way things work is if you want to see something, then do it, then create it much like what you did with create your own seat at the table, because sometimes people aren't going to invite you to their table. So you have to build your own. And, and that was one of the reasons that I started this podcast, because I wanted to bring people on such as yourself that might otherwise, you know, people might not know about outside of your particular circle. So I just wanted to, you know, have a platform where I could bring on amazing black women, amazing uh, people uh, who are actually doing some awesome things in their space and uh, when I heard you on Clubhouse, I said, I have got to have her on my show. And I said the same thing about you, Floyd. <laughs> I, I had to interview him. And I reached out and I tell people, this is shoot your shot. You, 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 they're either going to say yes or no. Yes. Okay? They're going to say yes or no. <laughs> you're, you're, absolute, you're absolutely right. And it's so funny because when you inboxed me, I said, that is so crazy because I was just about, and it, no, no joke, I was just about to inbox you when I got yeah. an inbox. I said, oh my goodness, she wants me to be on her show, which, which, which was a, a, phenomenal, a phenomenal show. It was very um, informative. I loved it. And you, you ask really in-depth questions. So now is, is that the, the interviewer in you or is that the doctor in you that you just want to pick people apart and just get deep, do a deep dive into who people are and, and what makes them tick? I, that's the interviewer in me and also my love for people mm -hmm. and connecting and building relationships, right? Not just building networks, but actually building genuine relationships. And I think people miss that part of it, the serving part and the building relationships because relationships are currency, right? And a lot of people don't understand that, you know, like we were just talking about creating your own table and inviting people that you want to connect with to it. That's the door opening of starting some relationships that you probably would not even have access to. You know, and it's all about how you nurture it and build it from there. Yeah. Relationships. <laughs> it's about and, and you know what? That's so true because it's about service. And I think a lot of times people forget that that small part is such a small part, but it's so huge. How are you serving? You know, most people say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm in it to get something out of it. But that's the wrong approach. If you're mm -hmm. in it to give something, you get so much more back. You meet you meet such phenomenal people such as yourself. 
it, it, it that's just the way it works. When you serve, you get more in return than what you're actually giving out. So let's talk about the doctor part. Exactly what type of doctor are you? <laughs> I have my doctorate in leadership. So oh. I'm, so I'm not a medical doctor. But okay. So I'm excited about that. But hey, I, I just love helping people at the end of the day, right? I love helping people, love connecting with people. You know, when I met you in Clubhouse, I was like, I have to interview him. I had already knew in my head because I met you and Stacy together, right? I think she was in the room too. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm going to interview him and I'm going to put him in my magazine. I'm always, that's how I think. It's always, how can I bring value okay. to that person? Okay. How can I serve that person? You know? So. Yeah. So, so you're, you're a doctor of leadership. Yes. I have actually never heard of that. Can you, can you explain that? Exactly. What does that entail? So I have my doctorate in leadership and humanitarian, right? So more so the leadership side of getting your doctorate. So it's not a PhD, but it's a doctorate, right? Mm -hmm. And so I have it in, in leadership. And, you know, you I've studied many different leadership skills, just dissertation on that. You know, so, yeah. Okay. So basically. It's, you know how you have a doctorate in business administration? Mine yes. Mine Okay. So yeah. now you could so you could go out and, and life coach, you could do all of that. Would would that actually fall under the doctorate of leadership? Yeah. But you don't even have to have a doctor to be a coach now. You know that, right? But yes. yeah, it does. Yeah. Okay. So it just gives you a little more credibility when 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 you're speaking and someone says, Well, well, who is she to be saying that? You say, Well, I have a doctorate in leadership. And that that's what gives me the ability to stand up here and say and say what I say. Absolutely. And of course, it helps you in corporate America to continue to grow your, you know, in leadership as well, because my master's is in I.O., industrial organizational psychology and my doctorate is in leadership. So, OK, yeah. so uh -huh. again, I read your about me page <laughs> and it it was so extensive. It, it was unbelievable. I mean, it, it was just too much to go over. So I, I just like you to explain a little bit of everything that you do, because, again, ladies and gentlemen, when I tell you that Dr. Little, her resume is about a mile long and it has some amazing, amazing accomplishments on there. And, and I was so impressed. I, I, I was just blown away by And You know what? Before we get into all of that you do. The question yeah. that I have for you is, where do you find the time to do all of that? Because you do quite a, you're quite busy. So where do you find the time to do that? And can you speak a little bit to that? Because I, I'm guessing that a lot of it comes with how you compartmentalize your day, how you uh, calendar your day. Yes. Yeah, so I get up at 4 a.m. consistently every day. Mm -hmm. 4 a.m. And my first hour of my day, of course, is definitely me and God, my prayer, my meditation, right? And of course, reading too. So right now I'm reading 10X by Grant, by Grant Cardone. So um, that's the book. I love 10X. It's, it's a great book thus far. And so I take care of that, my personal development, my, my prayer, meditation, all of that. And then I go into my day. So that first hour, that first hour is definitely for me, right? That's me. And then I go into my day. And then I also work by a calendar too as well and a to-do list and a to-do list so that's really how I, I i do it um i'm one of those person that take a massive action and so i probably take more a lot of extreme action because i have things that so many things that i want to accomplish and get done but it's going to take that type of energy and massive action but also working out is part of my plan too because i work out three times a week have i always been the best with this no but you learn from your lessons, right? You learn from your lessons. Because I, I, I was once that person years ago that I worked, 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 work, but it, 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 it almost killed me, right? Mm. And so I had to learn to balance it by making sure I take care of self, too. Because you have to be healthy inside and out. Because you can't give all of it outside if you're not healthy inside. You ain't going to be here to do it. And so really, that's how I do it. And I, I love doing it. Like right now, you know, I, I know I've been up since 4 a.m., so... When people are getting up at like eight or nine o'clock, I'm halfway through my day mm -hmm. and I'm putting more stuff to it. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I myself am a 4 a.m. riser. Yeah. Uh, I, I get up. I, 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 I get up at four o'clock in the morning 
And when I'm on my way to work, that's when I'm listening to a lot of my podcasts. And then when I get off, I do the same thing. But sometimes because listening to the Grant Cardone's of the world, the Ed Milet's of the world, the Eric Thomas's of the world, the one thing that I've learned from them, Lewis Howes, all of those guys, um, Lisa Nichols, all of those. You have to carve out time for yourself before you before you start your day. So when you were talking about that, that four o'clock hour where it's just you, there's no cell phone because, you know, your smartphone, you'll be on that thing all day. I had to I had to basically wean myself off of what I would get in my car scrolling. And I said, okay, I'm going to put it down. I'll turn on the podcast and I'm going to leave it alone until I get to work. So that gives me about 35 minutes of sometimes I'm driving in silence or either I'm listening to a podcast because that's getting my mind ready for the day. And I find that a lot of very successful uh, people do that. And also the working out part. Now I, I, I'm in a, I come from the film space and the one thing that I try to impart to filmmakers, actors, whoever is the fact that it's a symbiotic relationship between mind and body. You can't, yeah. you can't do your best on set. If you if, if your body's messed up, if your mind's, messed, if you're not in your best shape, you're not going to feel good. You're not going to look good. And that's actually going to show up ca- on camera. So that, that was a phenomenal, you know, point that you made with the fact that you had to learn how to balance the work and actually taking care of yourself because sometimes you it can get I mean there's really no balance balance (laughs) but but you try to stay in as much balance as 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 possible and I'm a five-dayer at the gym you know I mean because of the type of the job that I have it's very stressful so I have to or you know my wife would be uh, cashing a life insurance check a lot sooner than I'd like her to (laughs) but um that was a very interesting point that you made about the working out. But I, I really want to delve into the myriad of businesses that you have or the, the, the projects you have, because you're, you're doing so much. You're, you're calendaring your day, which is something that I'm really just learning how to do is mm-hmm. calendaring my day. With all of all of the businesses that you have, can can you can you just tell us a little bit about all of the endeavors that you actually have your hand in, so people okay. will know exactly how much of a you are a, a three time triple threat. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, Floyd. So, um, CEO and founder of Ashley Little Enterprises. That's my parent company, which consists of my media, you know, book publishing, consulting, speaking, all of that under the parent company. Um, I'm also host and executive producer of Creating a Seat at the Table show, which I do that show every day, even on weekends. <laughs> um, wow. Also, I'm the CEO, founder, and editor-in-chief of Creating a Seat at the Table International Magazine. So my magazines are in Jamaica and Africa at this time. Okay. So as we continue to grow, right, we continue to grow. And um, I'm also a 12-time best-selling author. I've written about 20 or more books now. Even writing more as we speak. Okay, I have some things getting ready to come out in this next month. I'm also a journalist. I write for Medium and some other outlets. So I love I love writing. I love sharing amazing stories, highlighting amazing people, right? And I'm also, I own two successful publishing companies. I have Little Publishing LLC, where I help aspiring authors, new authors, and seasoned authors develop their manuscripts, tell their stories, become best-selling authors, and market and monetize their brands. And I'm also the CEO, founder, and visionary author of the HBCU Experience Movement LLC, the first Black-owned publishing company to publish HBCU alumni stories throughout the world. And I'm working with uh, every university. My goal is to touch all 107, and I will touch all 107. We did about eight schools last year, gave back over 30,000. I'm getting ready to bring out some more schools as we speak this month, and it's going to keep going throughout the rest of the year from different universities. And I'm working with chancellors, and we're creating, um, I've created it to increase young alumni giving and to increase HBCU enrollment. So we're increasing and, you know, creating endowments to help these students be able to go to school, be able to afford to go to school. If they are struggling while they're there to be able to help them 
graduate and pay their way through that. So that's what that movement is about as well. And I'm also the founder and owner of Talk Radio and TV Network LLC, where Creating Your Seat at the Table is under that network as well, where I help other people, you know, form podcasts and online radio shows and, and TV shows if they want to continue to expand their brand. Because I do believe that everybody should have a voice connected to their brand, some type of outlet, right? And so I have a lot of business owners, authors, or, uh, you know, entrepreneurs that create shows based off their brands or just want to add an entity to their brand to be able to have that outlet. So I love what I do. I'm always, you know, I have some other things in the making myself now, and I love just helping other people get their stuff out too. So I love what I do. Wow. <laughs> so ladies and gentlemen, we're going to end the show because I'm ready to go to bed because I'm tired. <laughs> Just listening to all of that. Wow. Yeah. But you know what that tells me? When people say, I don't have time, you're full of, mm. Because <laughs> if you're saying that you don't have time to get something done, then you're not utilizing your time properly. Sure. Because we're all given the exact same oh, wow. 24 hours in a day. And what you heard just laid out is someone who uses their time properly and wisely to accomplish so much within the span of a day. Now, of course, I'm sure that everything that you're talking about is over time, but mm -hmm. you had to start it somewhere. You had to actually create it. You had to cultivate it. You had to build it. You had to team build you had to, you know, go out and find people to interview. You had to do all of that. And you used the same 24 hours that someone else is saying, well, I don't have time to do that. So with that, what would you say to someone who's saying, Ashley, I just don't have time to get that started? What would you say to someone like that? I would say you make time for what you want to make time for. I'm a big believer in that, right? I'm a big believer in it. And I also would say, you know, I will ask them more. I'll go in depth. Why don't you feel like you have time? Why don't you feel like you're, you're, you don't have the time? Because sometimes it's more so lack of, like you was just stating, um, you know, pretty much setting your day out the right way or lack of just, you know, having that accountability. A lot of people don't like to be held accountable either, mm -hmm. uh, you know. So sometimes that plays a part in it. But I'm also going to speak on this, and I know you're probably going to go this way with this interview, but I invest in mentors and coaches who are 30 steps ahead of me who are where I want to be, right? And that plays a lot into how um, the actions that I take as well. I'm definitely self-motivated, but also having people that are ahead of you that are where you want to be will save you a lot of time and money, okay? And so... You know, on top of all the other mentors that don't even know they're my mentors, like Brand and certain people that I'm reading yes. books and talking about the ways of how they did it and how they taking that massive action, you know, of doing things. And so those things intrigue. And it's all about me. For me, it's about putting, putting yourself in position, right? Because I do believe that you do have time, but it's all about that accountability at the end of the day. Yeah, that's so right. And speaking of mentors who don't even know that you're, they're your mentors, I I have I have a building full of those because <laughs> so many of yeah. the people that I follow, Grant Cardone being mm -hmm. one of them, you know that they're they're my mentor. And and for people listening and who will be listening, keep that in mind. So let's say for instance you can't afford to um, get into a mastermind. Follow people who are actually conducting the masterminds. Follow them on social media, follow their podcast because you can you can learn so much. And don't be afraid, as Ashley said, to invest. Now, you may not be able to invest in a life coach or a mentor because they can get pricey, but there's nothing saying that you can't go on Amazon and pick up a couple of their books because that that's so very important. I'm actually reading this book now. Um, I was listening to Ed Milet a few days ago and he had a gentleman on his show. I can't remember the gentleman's. I think it's David Vinnie and he was a top Navy SEAL and he wrote this book called The Attributes about 25 hidden attributes that people have. 
And it was so fascinating because they um, were doing a program within the Navy SEALs where they were recruiting the top military um, combat people for, I guess, very, very covert missions. They were actually recruiting Navy SEALs. Now, Navy SEALs are some of the best fighters in the world. And he was saying that 95% of the Navy SEALs that, that, that was going through the program failed. And these are top combat specialists. And they were trying to figure out why and they sat down and, and someone, you know, came to him and said, be, he told him, you're looking at the wrong things. They were looking at the physical attributes that these Navy SEALs, oh, he could shoot fast. You know, he can lift this, he could do that. But they weren't taking a look at the mental attributes. So once they started doing that, they came up with about 38 to 40 attributes and once they came up with those, they were able to figure out, OK, this person may be the best shot, but they're not the best to react in a certain type of situation. So to make a long story short, if you can't afford the life coach, if you can't afford the mentor, pick up a book like that to kind of give you guidelines and steps or better yet, better yet, folks, reach out to Dr. Ashley Little for some for some consulting and some leadership training because I'm more than sure that you know that's an arena that you're in as well. I am a business coach. <laughs> see there you go. See, <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, there, always, I'm sorry, go ahead. I always say this too, you know, you have to do things that other people don't want to do as well mm-hmm. to get there. You know, with these sacrifices, I think a lot of people don't want to do a lot, make a lot of, you can't, you can't be in Miami and, 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 you know, you, you, you got this amazing goal that you're trying to hit. You got to make those sacrifices too. That's so true. And Eric Thomas actually did a video about that. And, and he was talking about, you know, someone said, well, have you seen power? And he was like, no, he said, but do I want to see it? Yes. He said, but I'm trying to build empire. So I can't watch power. And stuff like that really resonates with me because I'm I'm looking to get into a space, as I'm sure you are. I'm looking to get into a space where I'm breathing that type of air, the air that they're breathing. And in order to breathe that type of air, you definitely have to sacrifice because you you don't become the number one speaker in the world by scrolling on Instagram all day. You don't have a magazine, you don't have a talk show, you don't have a consulting business, you don't have so many other things by scrolling through Instagram all day. So Ashley is a perfect example of something that you can reach out and touch as to if I put in the work, these are the results. Oh, that was that was good. That was good. Put the key word was put in the work. Yes. Do the work. We we so many people want that the the shine and the accolades, but they miss the work. You have to do the work. You yes, you definitely you definitely have to do the work. And that's something that most people just um fail to realize is in order to get results, you definitely have to put in the work. Hey, everybody, it's Floyd Marshall, host of A Conversation With. Have you ever listened to a podcast and said to yourself, I'd like to ask him a question? Well, you can just message me with a question or a comment, and I'll make sure to respond to it in the very next episode. To your success. Visit anchor.com to send Floyd a question. And you put in a lot of work. So I guess with you putting in a lot of work, you have to have an absolutely phenomenal team around you in order to help you with that work. So how big is your team? 
So I actually don't have a real, real huge team. But I, right now my team is about, you know, 10 to 12 people. But, you know, I'm spreading them out within the different things that I do. Okay. But I'm also one of those people I believe in doing, like, getting here, building it, too. You know, these are my – I'm very passionate about what I do. So I believe in getting it done and actually getting out here grinding. Because I believe that nobody should work hard for your vision than you. Right. Like, even though I got team, I don't expect for them to do more than me because it's my it's my baby. It's my vision. And I think a lot of people miss that, too, when they hire people. They want them to work harder than them. I, I, I don't believe it should go that way. I believe that you should be working harder than anybody else mm -hmm. because it's your baby. It's your vision. It's not theirs. They're just held there to help you. They're a helpmate with you. So how how good are you at with, with that mindset and that sentiment? Mm -hmm. How good are you at? delegating authority are you the type of boss for lack of a better word because you are the boss where you would say okay i'm going to give this to you and i'm not going to hold your hand i'm not going to babysit you and these are the results that i expect and then you walk away and you start something else i'm gonna say this with the team that i have now because you know you have to get to that point right mm -hmm. with the team that i have now i'm able to give this to my designer and and i know that it's going to be excellent right. i'm able to give my editors i know they're going to walk in excellence so yes i'm to that point now i'm not going to sit here and say it, it was always like that because sometimes everybody is not going to have that same work ethic. or you're going to go through so you're going to go through different people that you thought were one way right it's just part process right and so i'm thankful to say now thank god that i'm at that point where i'm able to say okay yes i know they're gonna take care of me i'm gonna make my deadline we're gonna win together <laughs> i got the right people with the right, right mindset okay yeah. and how long did it take you to get to that point of 100 trust you know i guess you know probably i would say a couple years because when i first started out you know you have people that want to and i guess you have to learn the lessons too you have people that you got to make sure they want you to win too, right? Mm -hmm. Some people, they appear to be that way. But you got some people that want the access that you have and they have an agenda. You got people that want to just attach to you because of who you are. And so you have to, for me, I had to get to where I had to, to understand to weed those people out, right? And so at some point, they don't know they normally expose themselves. So for my process, I had to make some changes in that area, right? And then I, I got the people that, were meant, were meant to be on my team, you know? So I would say it's probably a good two years of really finding, a, you know, getting the right people to really make sure that, hey, everybody, you know, that they want to win, that they don't have an agenda, that they're just not attaching to me for what I have, that they actually genuinely want to help. You know, you have to. And I mean, I just think that comes with learning people in general and just making sure you have the right people because your team is, that's your whole uh, operation. Yes. <laughs> so that's important. If the team is not there, it, 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 can, it can go left very, very fast. Very yeah. Fast. Yeah. You you if you don't have a team that you can really trust. Yeah. It could really cause issues. And one of one of the members of my team, a young lady, she started out with me when I first started on my filmmaking journey. And we're at the point now where I basically told her, whatever you do is fine, you speak with my voice. Because I understand that yeah. we, we, we're we really on the same page and we want the same thing, which is a stellar product. And see, when you have people on your team where you know that they're not gonna work as hard as you because it's, it's and, and, and that is something that I had to learn. Me too. That is something that my wife, would tell me all the time because I would sit there and I would get on my soapbox. Oh, why don't they this and why don't they that? And she would look at me and she say, "Because it's not theirs. It's not theirs." And 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 I would always come back with the with the with the but, but but but. And she was like, "There is no but. It's not theirs. So you cannot expect them." And that's for anyone that's going to be listening to this podcast. It's not theirs. It's yours. So no one is going to care more than you. No one's going right. to work harder than you. And frankly, if they are, then it ain't yours to begin with. It's it's not. Because as as the owners of it, I think we have, well, it's not think. We have to be the ones that are, are more invested than anyone. That's right. That's right. Because people, 
you know, people change every day. <laughs> they wake up different every day, and they can just leave, you know. But if, if, if that's why you have to, you got to outwork. You don't. They don't need to be outworking you. You're right, dude. It's not your vision. It is theirs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If <laughs> if if they're outworking you on your vision, then you need to reevaluate your vision. Yeah. And you know what? Sometimes you actually have to do that because I think so often people get caught up in they they have tunnel vision with their vision. Uh-huh. And, and you know, your vision is fluid because where I started 15, 16 years ago yeah. is not where I ended up. Okay. Facts. You know, my where I started and where because I started off acting and where I wanted to go where I thought I was going it changed and you know we get into the well you should have a plan b which I don't believe in but I always say plan a should be fluid I have no plan b but plan a is fluid you know because sometimes you may have to go left sometimes you may have to go right sometimes you may have to go back in order to go forward so your plan yeah. A shifts, you know, because plan B to me and I and, and let me get your opinion on that. To me, plan B is you always have a way out. And if you're an entrepreneur and you go into it with a plan B, you're planning to fail. What are your thoughts on that? I, I definitely agree with that. I definitely agree with that. You you gonna have it, it should always be the plan A, make an effort regardless, right? You might have to take some different routes, switch some things over, uh, you know, change some team members, but it always should be the the goal. The goal should always be the same of what you're trying to accomplish, regardless of the different pivots that you're gonna have to take as well. And what I've learned also too, I mean, I've had situations where, and I'm telling you, sometimes you can't. I've learned this, you know, friends. Friends are just supposed to be friends for the most part. Because sometimes missing, mixing friends and business, that, that, that didn't always work, right? Because sometimes people are just meant to be your friends. They're not meant to be your business partners. <laughs> I, I, I was in a situation a couple of years ago where I even gave two of my friends. It, it was my, it's quite, of course, it's my company. But I gave them positions of co-founder. And they, and they didn't found it, right? Mm-hmm. I gave it to them. It was the worst mistake. Because as we just talked about, it was never their vision. So making them something they didn't earn. And then I'm upset because they're not putting in the work that I'm, I'm, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 oh my gosh, that is so true because you're walking and look, not their fault because you gave it to them. It was my fault. But they're, they're walking. What what does that teach a man to fish and no fish for license? But if you give them the fish, whatever, it's something like, you know that saying, but they were walking around with something that they did not earn. That's right. So they're not invested in it as, you know, if, if this was something that, okay, Ashley founded the company, but we came up through the ranks with Ashley. We were there right. from day one. We were grinding and getting dirty and sleeping, you know, one hour and, and having to get up and do it all over again. So then when you get that co-founder badge, you're saying to yourself, see, I earned this, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So when you go to the party and they say, well, what do you do? Well, I'm the co-founder of, of Ashley Little Entertainment. And and you're speaking, you're speaking mm-hmm. truth to power because mm-hmm. you've actually put in the work. But yes. when when you give things to people and, and I've learned that the hard way, Ooh. I've had some of the worst experiences giving people who were undeserving not that I'm to catch me out, but I grind. That's right. And when you give people things and they're not grinding and they don't have the same work ethic, you know, again, we're going back to they're not going to have the same work ethic as you because it's yours. But mm-hmm. if you're dealing with people that ain't willing to get on, as Eric Thomas would say, get that dog and make it on that grind and you just give it to them, they don't appreciate it. Uh-uh. And it shows up. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> it, it it shows up because you're saying to yourself, "Well, I I thought you were supposed to, girl. I was I had something else to do," and you're sitting there like, "Well, you're the co-founder. Well, if you say so, <laughs> move them right out the way. I, I, you know what? Learned my lesson and, and made the changes that need to be made. <laughs> and, and you know what? Yeah. And, 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 so, and, and sometimes, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
No, I say I agree. It's business at the end of the day with me. Yeah. Y'all learned the lesson, though. <laughs> and, and, and you know what? That's what it's all about. The failing forward. Yeah. Because you learn from the mistake. You throw away what doesn't work and you keep what does. So the next time and that friend thing, friends, friends and business. Ooh. You get, I've learned to just keep keep them. If you're a friend, you're a friend. Business, we business. You know, it just do you it, 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 I've seen some people that it works for, but it's not a big ratio. It's not a big percentage that it works for. Right. Huh? Because if it goes wrong, <laughs> if it goes wrong you have a strong possibility of damaging a friendship uh-huh. and damaging a friendship that you may value, right. you know? So you just have to be very, very careful with that. But with that, how do you actually vet the people that you put on your team? What What is your process? So I'm definitely observing them first, right? People that I'm, I normally go to the people that I'm looking, you know, to want to work with, but I'm observing them first. I've learned to observe first more. I've always been observing, but definitely glory death of vetting people, right? Um, also, seeing how they treat others, seeing their work ethic. You know, I even have went as far as just hiring them for something very small to see how they work. You know, because if you can't do A to this, this A to B, then you're not going to definitely be able to handle A through Z, right? Mm-hmm. And so I do those, you know, I do that type of things now to help vet people too. Like I'll have a special project and if somebody I want to work with, I'll give them something small to see how we work together and if it's, you know, going to work because you normally can kind of tell from that too. And also just, you know, having conversations with people about what their expectations are, my expectations, and making sure that we're on the same wavelength mm-hmm. also. And energy is important to me, too. That energy and that like-minded go-getter spirit. Yes, I know everybody's not going. I wish I could find 500 Ashley Littles. I wish. <laughs> you know? Don't I we wish. all, boy. I agree with that. I agree with what you said. What you said, what your wife said, everybody's not going to be. Because I'm going to tell you, that took me a long time to get. Because mm-hmm. I, you know... I just didn't understand why people just like, don't you, you know, I just never understood it, but I, I've grown to get to that point now. Yeah. And so, um, once I've learned that, I'm like, okay, well, they are not exactly like me, 500% massive action. I need at least somewhere, if, if, somewhere close to it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I've learned to, um, see what people, um, their strengths are. And then, you know, how we could work together and put these two together, you know, the strengths to be able to grow together. So that's really how I bet. So I start out observing and then I'll do little projects with people to see who they are and also have conversations with them, get to build a relationship. And because I like to feel the energy because all that's important, though, you know, the work ethic is important, too. But definitely making sure that we are like minded and, and, and on the same wavelength of wanting to win together and and that they are a person of serve, that like to serve, too. Right. That's important because, you know. You got to want other people to win in order for a team to work. You know, it has to be a winning, winning mentality. Yes. Yes. And you also um, have to have people of integrity. You're right. Integrity. Absolutely. Because you can find some very unscrupulous people that are very good at what they do, but they're very unscrupulous. Absolutely. That's why you have to look at those results and how they work with other people. (laughs) Yeah, 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 you really you really do. So I just lost my train of thought. I wanted to ask you Oh, that's what it was. You're publishing because yes. you said you help people publish their books. Now, is that is that physical and ebooks? Yes, both. Okay. Mm-hmm. So so can you talk about that a little bit? Because I'm actually writing a book right now. That I'm going to um, turn into an ebook. It's almost done. I love it. I love it. And you know, we met on Clubhouse. You know, I have a community there of twenty thousand people. And write the book on Clubhouse as well. So um, I love helping people develop their manuscripts. So I work with authors that have their manuscripts, and they just need to go through the process of editing, formatting, uh, book cover design, bestseller campaign, media run, media kit, one sheet, all the things they're going to need to be successful. Because I think a lot of people. Are they miss the marketing side of when the book is out? They so focus on the front front end, which is fine. But who 
who knows you when it's out there, the mm-hmm. exposure, you know, you get out there really, um, you know, really getting your brand out there and growing your brand and getting the message out. And so when it comes down to writing a book, you know, it's all about mindset. And I tell people, just write. That's the first thing you do. You, you just write. You got to get away from the perfectionist, the, um, you know, rewriting, um, thinking it's going to be perfect. You just write. After that, you go back and you form your outline. Go back and form your outline. And then you form your chapters, right? I do tell people the reason why I say just write when you first start out because you're probably going to change things, mm-hmm. right? You write and you go as far as in your imagination as you can. I don't care if it don't make sense. <laughs> when you bring it back together, you will be able to take out the things you don't want and then add and subtract. And I think people get so, I think it's the mental thing. That's why I do a lot of uh, book coaching because it's mental. Mm. It's mental with the mental blocks and the writer's block. We all have writer's block, right? It, we all have experienced it, but it's all about okay, how can I switch my mindset to look at the bigger picture here? What what is this book is going to do for me? How is my message going to change the world? You know, if I can just touch one life, you know, how am I going to help somebody else by sharing my story? Those are the bigger pictures, right? Mm-hmm. And so. Those are some of the things that I do with my clients. And then once I get their mental together, because it's all mindset and mental, then we start developing that manuscript, right? Breaking those chapters down. Then we go into the editing process. Then we go into the formatting process with the team. The book cover design. The book cover design, editing, and formatting is three major parts that can make or break your book. You do not want to have a book out and have bad editing. It's going, yeah, you you, you don't want those type of reviews. No. So if you go invest in anything you definitely need to invest in your editors your people who format your book and your book cover design a lot of people buy books because it's pretty i'm telling you the book cover it, it, oh, they like it i don't care how good the book is they're looking at that book cover design as well okay that tells them if they were even interested in it so definitely invest in your book cover design and then of course after that you know you got the bestseller campaign you want to have that bestseller campaign for credibility right mm-hmm. um your book trailer you know that continues to help your marketing then you have your media kit in one sheet a lot of people miss that part because that's how you pitch to the media they'll see the media kit tells who you are i'm sure you're familiar with that because you're in film yes. it tells who you are you have your pictures your accolades what you speak on about your book and all the other great things that you're doing the things you've been featured on your one sheet it talks about what you speak on it's a small synopsis of your media kit right and then of course your media run i put my clients on media runs because i want to get them a head start right of getting out there on different podcasts magazines different features to help them build that to get that exposure because i said now even with the pandemic it is it now is visibility is, is definitely probably more important than it ever was because when those doors open back up, if you haven't been out here visible in this pandemic, you're gonna be so far behind. <laughs> and with Clubhouse and access that you have to people that you probably wouldn't ever get a chance to talk to, you have to utilize these tools because Clubhouse is a marketing system on top of that. <laughs> you are so right. You are so right. And I was actually taking a little hiatus from Clubhouse because it was going a little left. And I actually went in a room today mm-hmm. and I'm mm-hmm. so glad that I did because I met some phenomenal people. But the three moderators, one of them actually owns her own media streaming company. I love it. Um, the other one is a prolific filmmaker. She's been in the business forever. And some of the names that she was dropping, I was just in awe. And the third one is, is a branding specialist. And the, 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 the knowledge between these three women was, was absolutely amazing. So I'll definitely be reaching out to them. You know, and because, as you said, it's it's a marketing tool and it's also a, a relationship builder because I met you there. And, and, and that's the phenomenal thing about Clubhouse. You are meeting people you otherwise would have never come into contact with. And and that that thing is an absolute blessing because it's opening so many doors. But here's the thing. You have to be ready when a door opens. You have to be ready when the door opens. So when you talk about being ready, once everything opens back up, that is so true because when, when the pandemic first hit and they started to shut everything down, 
it threw a lot of people into a tailspin. A lot of filmmakers, well, I don't know what I'm going to do now, so I'm just not going to do anything. People with film festivals, you know, they shut them down. Now what do we do? Do we just sit here? Do we go digital? We decided, I mean, because my mind is always racing. And I'm saying, what's the pivot? What's the pivot? What's the pivot? What do I need to do to stay ahead of the curve? And and we we've done, you know, and our, our physical film festival, our main one, we had to shut that down, of course. But my short film showcase that I have, I said, okay, we're going fully digital and we have not stopped. I've mm-hmm. also created the podcast during the pandemic. So Come on. It, it's, it. it's okay. What are you doing? Because if you're sitting still, like you said, when everything opens back up, you're not, you're not even going to be behind the eight ball. You're not even going to be on the pool table. That's right. You know? That's right. So mm-hmm. you, you could you could have approached this two ways. I just need to pivot and reinvent myself and do something different. Or I can sit and wait and be, for, for lack of a better word, two years behind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Literally. Because that's exactly what you are. But I want to go back to something that you, you said concerning books. Because I am an avid reader. I am I am an I love reading. Um that's one of one of my best pastimes of, of all time is reading books. I'm a big um fantasy and science fiction reader, but a lot of personal development. And when I would go to the bookstore, one of the things that I would look at was the cover. Mm-hmm. The cover mm-hmm. was very important. Uh-huh. because being, and when I say I'm an avid reader, you know, I'm the type of guy that, you know, I could read five books in a week. I, I just, uh-huh. I just, that's just the way I read. Yeah. But, and I noticed that the cover would tell a lot about what was inside the book. Absolutely. And uh-huh. I could look at a cover and know if that book was good or not. No lie. And, and, and then to just back that up, I would pick it up, open it and start reading. And if you didn't catch me on the first couple of pages, I put it back down and I didn't buy it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it that cover art. And even in the film world, it's not it's not your book cover, but it's your poster. Because how, how often have you seen a film? You didn't even see the film. You saw the poster. And you were like, I got to see that film. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, so that, that is, that is extremely. So when you mentioned that, I was like, oh, I got to tell her about that because that's one of the, that's one of the main things that I do before I even turn it, turn it on the back to see what the book is about. I want to see what the cover art looks like. Cause if it looks cheesy, I'm like, uh, you know what? Because you know what? Your, your, your cover it's like your headshot. That's right. And that's of why I tell wanna, people, I'm sorry, repeat that. Of who you want to connect with. It tells that it, it's going to draw the audience that you want to connect with. Yes. Yes. And your, your cover is like your headshot because yeah. if you're trying to get a certain audition, you better have mm-hmm. a professional headshot. You better spend a little bit of money on it because if you're coming in there with something cheesy, here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, it's your calling card. And if you're not investing in it, the person that you're asking to invest in it will not, because this is their mindset. If you wouldn't invest in it, why should I? Mm-hmm. If you're not going to invest in your cover art, why should I invest in your book? I- mm-hmm. Really? And I would yeah. tell actors, if you're not going to invest in your headshot, then why should a casting director invest in you? Because what this shows them is you're not serious about your craft. Right. Because if you can't spend a couple hundred dollars on, on something that you're presenting to someone, you're expecting me to bring you onto my project that's costing me money. And I'm not going to do that. So that's 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 the business part of uh, acting book. and book writing. So, Ashley, what's next well, you know, have some more speaking opportunities coming up. I have a TEDx coming up in May. What? Yeah, I'm excited about that. And 
you're ready to travel some more and continue to create. That's what I know to do. Continue to create and continue to build the movements that I have and continue to serve people and bring value to everybody that I reach at. That's the goal for me is to leave that legacy of bringing value to everybody that I reach and I come in contact with. Now, we got to circle back to the TEDx. We got to circle back. <laughs> you are about to do a TED talk. Yes, I am. Yes, I am in May. I, I love I love TED talks. I yes. love TED Talks. So what are you going to be talking about or can you share it now? If you well, can't, I, don't worry about it. Overall theme, I can't share my topic, but I can tell you the overall theme. Mm-hmm. The overall theme is called It Takes a Village. Okay. And that we have to make our topics based off that. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I am so excited for you. You're going to do yes. a TED Talk. And I, I'm a big, I'm I'm an avid fan of, I love TED Talks. The the talks are so interesting. They're 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 interesting. They're informative. They're insightful. They're truthful. Yeah. And 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 that's that's what I love about those. So how how did that come about? We were about to close, but we can't close now. We got to talk about this. How did I'm that come talk- about? And I say this so many times. Of course, definitely God first, right? Absolutely. He Absolutely. Did that person that opens these doors but I really just work right and I work and I'm I'm not lying I work and I serve others and these opportunities come and I'm telling you me building these relationships and serving have put me at tables and rooms that man I can't even really explain right now and so this opportunity was presented to me uh back in February Mm -hmm. you know didn't even know the person was watching me you know and so it, it kind of just happened that way. I really can't explain it. And I was just like, you know, she's like, I want to select you to be to do a, do a tech, you do the tech talk, and it will be in it's in Ashley in Indiana in May. Wow. And I said, of, I mean, I was just wow. And it was like, I see the work that you've done. I'm seeing the speaking, you know, because I've done a lot of speaking events. I'm sure you've seen it nationally and internationally. Definitely a lot of internationally speaking events this year by itself. And they were like, you know, loving what you're doing, loving, you know, love, you know, your topic that you spoke on. I've been on some of their panels and I was presented the opportunity. So you were like, she was like, well, I, I want you to speak at my TED talk. And you're like, you know what? Um, Let me check my schedule. Yes. <laughs> so I was really like, wow. Yeah. So, wow. So that's, that's all my, that's one of my goals. Wow. Like, wow. Yeah. Well, that is awesome. That is amazing. And congratulations. I cannot wait to see it. And when I watch it, I'm going to pull up the video and I'm going to be like, I interviewed her on my show. And they're going to be like, no, you didn't. And see, Floyd likes to keep receipts. Because I like to, you know, when I when I say something, I like to show people that I'm telling the truth. So when I say I interviewed Dr. Ashley Little on my show, Ted Talker, here are the receipts. <laughs> you know, so. I, I you saw it yesterday. I actually posted on my Instagram page yesterday and on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You know what? I don't go on Facebook too much anymore and Instagram, I'm on Instagram all the time, so I have no idea why I did not see that post. Yeah, because if I had I seen have, that post, I'd have been all over that. Yes, it has me and all the other people that will that will be doing a TED talk on there. Oh, uh-huh. okay. So I, when I get off, I got to go on there and throw up some emojis and some <laughs> some fire and hand clapping and dancing stuff and can you know i know you were like well wow floyd didn't say anything wow what's up with that throwing shade floyd is busy like we all are (laughs) (laughs) yes so that's what's next so tell people where they can find you you all can follow me on facebook at dr ashley little on instagram at underscore ashley a little on clubhouse at dr ashley little on linkedin at dr ashley little and you can email me at info at ashley a little.com again my my uh, email is info at ashley a little.com and let me not forget my website oh. com. plug that again please www.ashleylittleenterprises.com AshleyLittleEnterprises.com. And if you want to check out the HBCU Experience Movement, it's www.thebcuexperiencemovement.com. Ladies and gentlemen, do yourself and uh, do yourself a favor and divest yourself of all of this phenomenal 
and pertinent information that was just shared with you today. Please follow Ashley on all social media platforms. You will not, you will not be sorry. Trust me. I don't follow everyone, but she is definitely someone that I follow on all of her social media platforms because she's an outstanding person. She's a phenomenal lady. She's a person that believes in serving others. And as you've just heard, when you serve others, phenomenal things happen for you. It's got to be about other people. It, it just can't be about you. And with that, Ashley, I would just like to thank you for gracing the stage because this was an amazing interview. We could be here all night, but, <laughs> but you are, you are, you know, uber busy and I don't want to uh, keep you from whatever it is you're doing. Or then again, you may be shutting it down because it's Friday. I don't know, but uh, thank you so much for joining me on a conversation with this was fun. And we are definitely going to have to do this again after your Ted talk, because I, I'm going to have to pick your brain. With, okay. with with that with that one okay okay so thank you so much for being here it was an honor and it was a privilege having you on a conversation with you are welcome and thank you again i look forward to continuing to connect and collaborate with you floyd you are amazing you. And, and for this amazing platform and he was just in my magazine by the way i don't know if he kind of told you all but he was so he's amazing so thank you floyd well thank you so much <laughs> folks peace out